0: Well, TJ, the first weekend of March Madness is in the book. We are we've gone from sixty four, really sixty eight, down to sixteen. Uh, how's your bracket looking?
1: Not good anymore. <laughs> Honestly, Honestly you know, everybody else, I made it through Thursday and Friday pretty unscathed. Yeah. Um, I think I had five wrong initially, but. All my Sweet 16, uh, Sweet 16 teams were still alive, even though Kentucky and Iowa were the big upsets. I had both of them losing in the second round anyway, so absolutely. it kind of saved me. Um, but yeah, the, the wheels absolutely fell off Saturday, Sunday. Um, Auburn really threw a wrench in my plans. I had them in the Final Four, and I believe, oh man, I believe I had another Final Four team that got, oh, I think it was Baylor. I think I had Baylor going to the Final Four out of the East bracket, too. So, um, yeah, Saturday, Sunday, not good days. Um, But overall, I think Thursday, Friday, you know, 27 out of 32 is probably the best I've ever done. Um, I know we had some weird games in there. St. Peter's, you know, beating Kentucky, Iowa, losing. Yeah, so. Yeah, and and even, even I think after those two games, I mean, you know, there were, like, Five perfect brackets still left, and then after Friday or Saturday, yep. I think there was zero. So, so it's been a uh, the bracket so far. The March Madness tournament has been very reminiscent of the regular season, where there were no really clear cut number one or even a top two or three team, um, maybe outside of Gonzaga. But you, you but saw even all, Gonzaga almost lost. Yeah, to I mean, you saw it all season though. How how much the Rankings fluctuated. I mean, you had teams in the top five that all of a sudden, you know, win ten in a row, then they lose three in a row, and then you have a yep. team like Purdue, um, you know, playing good, and then they get smashed by Michigan and Michigan State. It nice. was just a weird season, and and really, uh, you know, this past weekend was kind of you almost should have expected, you know, this the the craziness to happen though, just based off of how the regular season went for college basketball. But it was a fun weekend, man. I think, uh, look, that's, I'm not a huge basketball guy. Um, You know, obviously once football season ends, I start watching a little bit more. And then March Madness is just, you know, fun to watch. But uh, it was was a fun weekend. And I got to tell you, man, I think, uh, you know, I know we'll get into it here in a little bit too but the way that Michigan's been playing I mean you know that was the second half against Colorado State um and that game against Tennessee man I I don't think anybody gave them a chance uh, to go down there and, and and beat beat the Vols but they're playing some good basketball and what is it five tournaments in a row now uh, that they've been in the sweet sixteen so yeah that's a uh, that's that's a pretty it's a nice pretty incredible in accomplishment yeah
0: uh, it certainly is but I mean and here's the thing and in, in on one hand it's exciting right it's five years they've been in the sweet sixteen they play well in the tournament uh, but on the other hand it kind of is what happened during the regular season and this is where I hope that college football looks at you know what goes on in the NCAA tournament. Yes, it is fun. You get major participation, and it makes a lot of money. And when it all comes down to it, that's what it's all about yeah. um, for for the NCAA for the institutions. But for the fans, there's there's you don't follow game by game NCAA basketball. One because there's more, but because there is more, you don't hang on one win or one loss. There's not a whole lot of teams that are going thirty two and zero right. or thirty one and one. Yeah. And so you lose some of the special or, or, or at least some of the excitement on the individual games, but you pick it up at the end, yeah. obviously in the NCAA tournament. But I, you know, college football, if they expand, which they eventually will, I just hope that you don't lose the uniqueness, the pressure, the excitement... Week in and week out of the regular season.
1: Yeah, well, football's always going to be king. I mean, whether you expand the playoffs or not, I think there's always going to be that excitement. But I think the one thing I really love about college basketball is that only one team, well, two teams, including the NIT tournament, only two teams in the (laughs) whole country get to end their season on a win. And for me, that's like, I mean, how high are those stakes? Only two teams, the winner of the March Madness and the winner of the NIT get to end their season on a win. Right. That's just like, that's just cool to me that like every other team, there's no, there's no participation trophy. There's no, hey, college football where, you know, there's 40 quote unquote champions because you won the Peach Bowl or you won the Rose Bowl or you won the, you know, Motor City. Like there's no 40 teams that get to celebrate, you know, an incredible victory. There's only two. And for me, that's uh, that's what it's all about. Because everybody else, look, it's not a failure if you don't win. Um, Michigan, if they get beat by Villanova, is a season of failure? No. I mean, anytime you go to the Sweet 16, that's obviously a, a great accomplishment. But only one team gets to celebrate at the end of it. And that's what I love about college basketball. There's no more, uh, you know, 40 squads that get to celebrate a big win at the end of the season. Yeah. There's only one. There's one champion, that's it.
0: well, that kind of goes to my point though, is you know, I would have liked to have seen more of this out of Michigan in the regular season, yeah, not that they would have won the big Ten championship, but coming into the year, they were in the you know a, a top five ranked team. they disappointed throughout most of the year, and now because they won two games in a row, they're in the sweet sixteen. And everybody thinks that's a that's a successful season. well you you just played you know what was it were they seventeen and eleven? so they played 28 games just to get to, you know, 17 and 14. I think they were 31 games. So they yeah. they, they, they got to this point, and they weren't a shoe in but now because they won two games in a row, everybody says, ah, it's a success. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I get it, you know, because that's how college basketball is
1: designed. Yeah. You also have to look at, you know, the schedule they played and how much did that kind of sharpen them and toughen them up. We obviously all know that the Big Ten was – um you know really tough conference to play in this year it Um, was but there's only two teams left standing i know that but they were just kind of beating the hell out of each other the whole season you know michigan would go you know beat purdue by 20 and then turn around and you know lose to uh you know ohio state or lose to you know indiana who is not a good team but that they they just battled the big 10 really i think sharpened them and even their even the non-conference games. I mean, you look at losing to North Carolina, you know, earlier in the season, Um, you know, even losing to Arizona, who's a pretty damn good team. How much did those games – kind of you know put put in the memory bank once you got to the tournament saying okay we've played these teams we know what we got to do we know how how much better we got to be how much did that kind of sharpen them up as well uh, I think helped a lot look and I was one of the guys that said after they uh, blew that game to Indiana in the big Ten yeah. tournament I was I was questioning whether they they deserved a bid you know you're sitting there at uh what was the final record I think it was uh you know 17 and 14 you know at that point. Um, that's not impressive, you know, and you you lost uh, uh, the first round of the Big Ten tournament. I mean, it's kind of like they really were a bubble team in my eyes just because of the inconsistency, just because they couldn't really seem to stack, uh, you know, two or three or four games together and kind of start showing you that they were ready for March Madness. But the one thing about them is, um, you know, they've obviously have great uh, veteran leadership on their team. You know, Eli Brooks, Hunter Dickinson, although he's only a sophomore, you know, him coming back was obviously huge for that program too. Um, so, look, I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the way, but I do know that from where they were in the regular season and especially after that loss against Indiana in the Big Ten tournament um, – I, I would say I'm very pleasantly surprised with their performance so far. And if they keep playing that way, who's, who's to say they can't be Villanova? You, know? right. you just no, don't know. know. You no. don't know. I mean, they're there. That is the they beauty can, of the tournament. Yeah. If they can p- put together that, you know, the second half against Colorado State and the second half the way they played against Tennessee, you know, you put that together for a full game. I mean, look, it's it's basketball, man. You can get hot and you can beat anybody.
0: Do uh, so. You obviously filled out a bracket. Who are who are? Did you enter a pool or just fill out the bracket? Uh, Just the bracket. Okay. So you're not in competition with the family. Are the kids old enough to fill out their own
1: bracket? I did. My wife and I always do one, and then uh, my oldest actually did one this year. Uh, He's ten and yeah. he's not into basketball so he's been he was just basically going off the records right you know <laughs> like it's not, hey that's <laughs> well, yeah, a legit theory yeah but you know hey uh you know jacksonville state hey they're 20 and 10 they better <laughs> record than auburn and i'm like oh they're two seed and 15 and so he was kind of making some of those picks but it's fun him getting into it finally how um, compared to your wife So, the first, I mean, the first round, Thursday, Friday, I was smoking. You know, I think she was 22 out of 32, and I was 27. And then, um, over this past, you know, Saturday, I was feeling pretty good. But yesterday after Auburn lost, I think opened the door a little bit for her because I had, uh, now I have two of my final four teams with Auburn and Baylor now gone. Yeah. So that's going to be an opportunity for her to, uh, yeah, maybe get back on the right track. But yeah. we always do it where it's like, you know, the Thursday, Friday, the first round's worth one point, a win, you know. The, well, so you the, do the
0: math all by yourself. Yeah, and then, They you have know, these things called apps. Well, there's only two of us. Weird. I mean, it's yeah, easy to keep track still- of two. <laughs> like, I know, how. <laughs> I I, okay. The 27.
1: Scoring- all right, I got 27 points. Then you go to the second round, and those games were two points. You know, Sweet 16 yeah. is going to be worth four points. So we kind of just always divvy it up that way. And it's easy to track when you only have two brackets. Yeah. I mean,
0: if I had 50 of them, I'd probably be so- using an app. I we ha- I do a bracket with my family. My brother puts it together, and we've got about fifteen people. And it's 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 his family, it's his wife's family, my family, my wife's family, um, and I'll just I'm in I'm tied for fourth right now with the number of um, of individuals. And I'm just going to let you know who was ahead of me. And this will let you know how I'm feeling about my bracket right now. Um, in ahead of me is go Grammy go. Right, she picked better than it's I did so far. Picks, yeah. Yes, <laughs> um, the the one in head ahead of of go Grammy go the reading teacher, feeling really oh, good boy. about myself right now. Um, and then my son Jack Attack, I'm okay with that one because I kind of helped him fill out his bracket, and we're similar enough to where if 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 things go, like he's gonna win. If we both pick Duke, um, so he'll win if Duke wins. Um, then my brother and then the, uh, his daughter who is uh, in first place right now messy jesse so i'm behind messy jesse jack attack the reading teacher and go grammy go not feeling really good about the, the fact that i i picked my bracket but i am beating um uh, taylor baylor and funkle dave
1: okay well how are so, you uh how are you looking so far sweet 16 on
0: um you sweet 16 teams. yeah i've lost i'm i'm i've got two of my final four i had kentucky and illinois Mm. um going to the final four which i don't know why i picked a big 10 team to go um, <laughs> two years in a row the, the, the first round is yeah. to be this
1: powerhouse conference and you know purdue and michigan holding down the uh holding down the
0: fort yeah on, but. well you mentioned it was a great weekend and it was fun um to be watching basketball the first day of spring yesterday yeah, we had some great, was great weather but um you hit the ice because you walked in today, and you were a little bit slower than normal. Before, you said you were yeah, sore as before hell. Before, what yeah. the hell are you sore from? Man, we had a uh,
1: really cool event. So one of my buddies uh, puts on an event every year for um, a cerebral palsy foundation. So Saturday night, we got together for a charity hockey game against uh, the Red Wing alumni. So uh-huh. good amount of guys um, showed up. Uh, it was a good crowd over at St. Mary's. They've got an incredible rink over there, man. Um, but, yeah, some familiar faces, Joey Koser, uh, Eddie Mio, the goalie, Darren McCarty were out there. So it, it, was, it was fun. It was kind of a slow-paced, you know. <laughs> those guys would have crushed us, you know, if they weren't kind of playing to our level. But um, it was fun, man. I tell you what, I've played beer, beer league for a couple years, and uh, I'm not the best skater. You know, yeah. but I can move around a little bit. Um, but just watching these guys, I mean, they had some guys that were like in their sixties and seventies, and I mean, they pass harder than I shoot, right. and it's just like Jesus Christ! I it's mean, like like, they never stop doing it. Yeah, you have guys. It was it was really cool to watch because all those guys obviously played, you know, at a very high level. Um, but just watching them like pass the puck and they don't even talk to each other, but they know where each other's. At. It was just fun, man. It was a good time, but right. yeah, I'm still kind of reeling a little bit, man. My hips. I'll tell you what, hockey is not a 300 pound man sport. Well, I was I say, mean, it's so just not. You go,
0: you're, you're right around three bills, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roughly. Roughly. Yeah. yeah. I'll give you the roughly <laughs> Rounding we'll, we'll down. round, 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 <laughs> um And I, what, I don't know what, six, one, six, two. Six four, <laughs> Jesus yeah. right. boy, you're tall for a guard. Six I don't one. remember most guards; they were about six one. Uh, so okay, we'll give you six three. Um, and it, if you're going to put in the program, six four because they always add a couple of inches. Uh, Darren McCarty, all right. What what do you figure he is right now? Uh, you know, I size know. wise. Yeah, I mean, 200 he's... two hundred pounds. Yeah, he's probably
1: maybe if that 190, 200. Yeah, I mean, he's, the the funny part about these hockey guys is. They look so big on the ice. They're right. obviously wearing skates, so they and, look a little taller. You know, they're wearing the pads, and they're all kind of the same size, so nobody really sticks out. But they always kind of look bigger. And then when you see them in person, you're like, this Dude, dude's a little, <laughs> dude's a little <laughs> yeah. What is? <laughs> yeah, a little, this? look at this little nerd over here. You know, and it's like it's funny though. But um, Darren McCarty's still, uh, you know, I wouldn't say he's he's not a big guy, right? But there's obviously still still something intimidating about him. I mean, I've known Darren for a couple years. He's good, dude. But
0: when you saw him across from you, right, and if if he were to drop the gloves and come after you, would you your pants? On, on the, ice. the ice? Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah.
1: A hundred percent, dude. I don't know how those guys fight on ice. I mean, I'd, hit my, I'd smack amazing. my head on the ice so hard. I told Mac, though, I told him before the game, I said, I'll give you one on skates, but you got to give me one in the parking lot later when we both got tennis shoes <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> don't take a run of me on skates, man. But, uh, yeah, him and, I'll tell you what, Coaster, too, man. He's a he's a big, intimidating dude, too, man. Obviously, they you know, it wasn't a crazy competitive hockey game, but um, just watching those two guys was... Uh, there, there's an intimidation factor for sure, just because you've seen them. And it's been a long time, but you've seen them just beat some ass on the ice, man. Oh yeah, like,
0: these are some bad motherfuckers. Yeah, <laughs> these I, are some I, bad dudes, man. <laughs> I have, I can skate a little bit, probably a lot less than you. Um, I'm good to get going. It's stopping that I have an issue with. Yeah. You just gotta um, bounce just off the boards or bounce do off the like boards or somebody yeah. <laughs> else in front of me. That's fine. Uh but it, when when those guys fight on ice, they've clear advantage. Size would mean absolutely nothing against the like like we're mentioned. You, I'll give you six three Four. and a half, uh, three bills going against McCarty, who's, you know, what six one, two bills. We'll we'll give him that. Maybe we're giving him a couple of pounds. Yeah. It, it, it wouldn't even be a fair fight.
1: No, it wouldn't. And I'm not ashamed to say he he would oh, no. embarrass the hell out of me. Yeah. And I don't know how they do it, man. I mean, just, like, I'm like you. I have enough trouble just, you know, starting and stopping. <laughs> I can't imagine, you know, just getting swung around yeah. in circles and somebody also, oh, they're also throwing a punch at your chin, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, 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 <laughs> Wait, I'm that's I'm supposed to that's fun, yeah. <laughs> I'd probably last for one punch, just either throw a haymaker but, or, or get hit, but it would not last long. I mean, I just don't know how those guys are able to keep their balance. Um, because it, it's 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 such a it's such a unique skill to have. And yeah. those guys have obviously been doing it for a long time, but um I mean, you like I I've been skating for like 4 or 5 years and even for me it's still like uncomfortable. You know, yeah. you're always worried about about hitting the ice. Um, but no. It's a lot, it's would, a lot
0: further of a way down as yeah, well.
1: Those guys would uh those guys would beat my ass on the ice for sure. Hey, I'd have a hell of a chance, you know, in the parking lot, but oh on, on skates, yeah. no. On skates, yeah. no chance.
0: Uh, TJ, there have been, or there has been some football news over the weekend. Um, Deshaun Watson had turned down the Cleveland Browns, um, and I think it was last week, uh, The predict- where did you predict he was going to go to? I talked myself into Cleveland.
1: <laughs> I talked. It took a while, but I talked myself into the Browns.
0: Um, well, he talked himself into it too. But he talked himself into it because of 240 million f- fully guaranteed yeah. dollars. Um, your thoughts on the the swap that was made between the Houston Texans and the Cleveland Browns? Three first round picks, yeah. two seconds and a brand-new contract for Deshaun Watson, who the last time he took the field was a four-win quarterback, um, and then the the 22 assault charges. Um, legally, he is not going to face any criminal charges. Um, they still are pending in the civil court, um, but didn't play a snap last year and gets himself a big raise. That's
1: football for you, man.
0: <laughs> I think just, it's the business of the sports NFL for you. you.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just sports for you. You know, there's obviously uh, different, everybody's got a different leash, you know, depending on how good you are. And that's just how it is. Yep. Um, so, look, football wise, uh, football only, great move for the Browns. Bringing a quarterback who is one of the most dynamic guys at his position. Um, been on a bad team in, in Houston for a long time and uh you know gets a well, chance to now, kill, for a long time. Well, they were a playoff yeah, they play team. A playoff team. Didn't I mean, they
0: have a 19 point lead on Kansas City. Yeah, but you know, they weren't He was a the quarterback of that team. Nev-
1: They were never at the- serious threat to JJ Watt on defense. They were never a serious threat to do anything. Uh he had a couple nice seasons, but you look at, you know what, twenty twenty? Yep. Um I mean just nobody around. It just you kind of felt bad from the guy looking at the outside
0: because you're like, yeah you I this great talent but anybody I don't either, million but bucks. When you
1: when you have that team, when you have such a dynamic player at the most important position. And then you look at the rest of the roster and it's just like, Oh God, poor, you know, not poor guy, not poor Deshaun Watson, but like, Oh, they kind of feel for him a little bit. Uh, no good move for the Browns. I, I think, you know, Baker Mayfield has held them back the last couple of years. You look at having one of the best offensive lines in the game. Uh, one of the best running backs in the game. Um, probably a top 10 defense and, The Browns have never been able to get over that hump. Now, they did get that playoff win a couple years ago and lost the uh, close one or to Kansas City late in the game, but um, they were not going to go anywhere with Baker Mayfield. I think that's pretty fair to say. Four seasons in now, you kind of know what you have with Baker. It's it's good talent, but just a lack of consistency. And Deshaun Watson, look, he's just on a whole different level when it comes to quarterback play. Um, so I think it's a good move for the Browns. Now, I wasn't surprised uh, to see uh, you know him get dealt for the first three first-round picks. I was surprised to see him get a brand new extension for you know 250 million after he just signed one like a year and a half ago this was fully Um, guaranteed (laughs) that kind of surprised me a little bit um but for the people that are out there saying you know well the browns don't care about you know characters care you know character integrity or any of this i'm gonna tell you right now there's no nfl team that cares if you're that good now Is it up? Probably. I mean, I don't think you're going to have, you know. Look, if there was two or three accusers, maybe you can sit here and say, okay, maybe something's going on. Twenty-two. I mean, like, there's obviously something going on there. What's going to be interesting now, though, is to see how the NFL is going to handle it. Are they going to do? Uh, their own investigation, which they always do. They always kind of let it play out. uh, You know, the criminal aspects of it play out under you know, the, the the city and the state, and whatever it is, before they tend to get involved. Now that that uh, whole investigation seems to be wrapped up from a police standpoint, the NFL usually tries to, you know, get some more information on their, their part because they, you know, they have this really big book called the Personal Conduct Policy. Right. And uh, we've seen guys get suspended all the time. You know, there's been guys that, uh, hey, you know, they were charged with this, charges were dropped, but they still end up getting slapped with the, you know, six-game suspension, eight-game suspension. I think they're will be something like that with Deshaun Watson. I don't know if it's going to be uh, you know, a four-game, an eight-game. I doubt it's going to be a season-long suspension, but I would be surprised if the NFL lets this completely slide. Um, because, like I said, we're... Where there's smoke, there's got to be some fire. Now, how big that fire is, I don't know. But there's no way that 22 people can accuse you of doing the same thing and all of them be lying and all of them be wrong. And so Lying about the same thing. Exactly. That's got to be one hell of a uh, conspiracy <laughs> for all 22 people to get together and say, yeah, let's all go at them, right? So there's obviously got to be something there. But it'll be interesting to see how the NFL handles it. But um, strictly football speaking, obviously it, it makes the Browns um, on paper, a whole lot better. Well, and the AFC, I tell you what, man, the moves that have been made in the AFC the yeah. last two weeks. Jeez, they're getting after it. I mean, God bless. If you're an NFC team right now and you are feel like you're close, <laughs> why the hell would you not go all in? Because <laughs> it just seems like the AFC is just going to be um, just a dynamic conference well, for years to come.
0: You know what? And, and, and there's a couple of different directions I want to take this, and, and we'll go – We'll, we'll stay with the Browns first, but I don't think we had a chance to talk about Devontae Adams leaving last, last week. Um, so I, I want to talk about that in just a moment because I know that you, I don't know if you probably haven't talked to Aaron Rodgers um, since then, but I want to get your take, having known him so well, but this move, is it possibly – a year late for the Cleveland Browns. Now, they couldn't have made this last year, right? Because Deshaun Watson wouldn't have been able to play. Right. We d- 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 still didn't know the results of, of the criminal side of things. But on the offensive side, they still have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. All right. So the backfield, they, they've still are, are pretty damn good. Up front, they are going to have a little bit of a different offensive line because JC Treader, their center, is no longer there. They cut him. Um, Nick Harris, who I think has only started one or two games in the course of his career, is going to move into that that center spot. But no more OBJ. Um, no Jarvis Landry. Are, it, it, is it simply just, hey, one year too late because they don't have the weapons that they had last year? Yes, they. it's not like they're devoid of talent, but you're not going to have three first-round picks. You're not going to have two second-round picks. You are going to be saddled with this giant contract. How much can they add to what they have right now?
1: Well, a lot of it's going to have to be through the draft, but um, late rounds. You know, trading through trading for you know Amari Cooper was a was a good move. I mean, gave up a fifth round pick for Amari Cooper. Yeah, if he can stay on the field, yeah, (laughs) right. But that's, I mean, that kind of feels like. When I first heard it, I'm like, Jesus, Lions couldn't give up a fifth-round pick for Amari Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, he, he you know, and, and Amari Cooper, say what you want about him. He's been a productive player his whole career. Um, you know, going back to the Raiders and Cowboys, I know this last year wasn't his best statistically speaking, but he's still number one receiver in this league. So, obviously, he's going to be a huge part of uh, what Cleveland does. But, no, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of AFC teams that, you know, after you see the Russell Wilson trade to, to Denver and then you see, um, you know, Devontae Adams to, to Vegas, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I think you get a lot of these AFC teams that are like, we got to go one of two ways. We're either going to, you know, start the rebuild now and, and let this, you know, kind of three, four-year plan because <laughs> we're not going to compete with these guys. Yeah. Or you have to just go kind of all in, all out with what you got now. If you believe you're a team that has legit hopes at, you know, being a, a serious threat in the postseason, you've got to go all in. you got to do it because you can't just be satisfied with, uh, you know, being the fifth seed or being a wild card team getting the playoffs because, you know, these other top teams are there's some big dogs, man. Kansas City, Buffalo. I mean, there's some big dogs, you know. Um, Cincinnati. I mean, it's just uh, – it's interesting to watch because it's it's almost it almost seems like an arms race right now. It almost seems like who can uh, collect you know the biggest stockpile of talent in the AFC, and you don't see a lot of NFC teams doing that right now. Um, but for the AFC, it just seems like it's become a, a, an arms race to see who can who can generate the most talent, who can pick up the most uh, talented squad, and. Um, there's obviously a lot of teams that feel like they're legit contenders. I mean, Denver wouldn't have made the move for Russell Wilson if they didn't feel like um, they could be a legit contender. Vegas wouldn't have made the move for Devontae Adams if they didn't feel like they could be a legitimate contender. Um, You know, even the Chargers with some of the moves that they made in free agency, they wouldn't have done that unless they think that they can be a legitimate contender. So you have a lot of teams in the NFC that really feel like – They've got a chance to win in the next couple of years, and I like it, man. It adds a lot of, uh, it's a lot of intrigue. Uh, you know, seeing the amount of movement that we've seen, I can't remember ever seeing an NFL offseason like this with with the trades and with the quarterbacks flip flop in the and just switching teams, switching conferences. It's been insane to me, but it adds a lot of excitement, and that's what I like. You know, being a fan now, sitting on this side of the table, that's what I like the most about what's going on. You see teams now that. Just sat back for the last two years and you watch Tampa Bay, you know, go make a move, a quarterback, add some guys, go all in, win a Super Bowl. You watch the Rams go out, get their quarterback, add some pieces, you know, go all in and win a Super Bowl. So it kind of feels like the hot thing to do right now to go all in and try to win a Super Bowl. Well, and we're going to see how it plays out, but I'll tell you what, it's its going to be, we've still got, what, six months before oh, this thing gets running, but it's going to be fun to watch, man. I think uh, AFC is going to be
0: potentially a bloodbath. In the AFC West, especially. Yeah. You could see the punch counter punch where you know, okay, uh the the Chargers, right, they re-signed Mike Williams. Uh and offensively you think they're good, but they've got to compete against, you know, the likes of uh of, of Patrick Mahomes, uh David Carr, and so they go out, they get Khalil Mack. Um, and they see Russell Wilson come in, so they're like, okay, well, not only do we want to get Khalil Mack, we want to go you know, sign JC Jackson. So it's the, okay, I can one-up you and counter what you're doing uh, back and forth, especially in the AFC West, but I wanted to ask you, one of those teams that you mentioned, the Vegas Raiders, Devontae Adams, is now the you know, highest-paid wide receiver, uh, most guaranteed money, most money, everything, That you would ever want to pay a wide receiver of his caliber. I was, how shocked were you when you saw the news that he was leaving Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers has just signed this new contract. You thought they were going to find a way to work things out with Devontae Adams. All of a sudden, he's traded to uh, the Raiders for a couple of picks.
1: Yeah, I was uh, extremely surprised Uh, because it just kind of felt like. The Aaron Rodgers-Devontae Adams situation kind of felt like a package deal, right? For Aaron, it was like, okay, I'll come back if, you know, we keep Devontae. If Devontae goes, I'm not coming back. And I thought it was going to be the same. I thought thought it was going to be reciprocated with Devontae too. Hey, if Aaron comes back, sure, I'll play one year on the franchise tag. Let's try to do this thing one more time, you know, and then I'm hitting free agency. I thought that's how it was going to play out. Um, So when I saw that news, uh, I think it was Thursday afternoon, Um, gosh, I was shocked. (laughs) I was, I was, I was extremely surprised because it just felt like if Aaron Rodgers knew that Devontae Adams wanted to leave, why would Aaron Rodgers want to come back? Because he's made it very clear that, you know, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. I kind of want to keep everything in the, you know, the same. And let's try to go after this thing one more time. Now, I don't know when Aaron found out that Devontae wanted to leave. I, I think it's from what I've, you know, gathered. And from what I understand, um, Aaron knew about it before it happened. He knew that Devontae yeah. wanted to leave. And um, so <laughs> take that for what it's worth. I mean, a lot of people, I think, initially thought that it was kind of one of those bait and switch. Hey, we got Aaron Rodgers back. He right. signed his deal. Now let's, you know, ship Devante off. I don't think that's how it played out. Um well, I know that's how it didn't play out, but it's interesting just because it, it just felt like it was going to be a package deal. It felt like the Packers were going to be the team that says, you know what, we're going all in. We're signing all our guys. We're going to pick up a couple free agency, screw the cap. We'll find a way to work around it, um, and we're going to go after this thing for one more year. Yeah. And then to turn around and trade the best receiver in football, um, gosh, I, I mean, I... I don't know what the plan is moving forward. Right. Obviously you pick up another first round pick. I think it was twenty two where Vegas sits and yeah. then they sit at, you know, what, twenty eight? Right. Twenty seven they got, got first. So um and I something I mean, in the forties. If they don't take a quarter they they haven't taken a receiver in the first round in like twenty years, but I'd be surprised if they don't this year. <laughs> um because it's just uh it just it just seems like it's it just went way that I don't think anybody could could have predicted. I yeah. think that we all thought Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams were going to be a package deal. If they want to come back for one more year, great. That's probably what's going to happen. If, they, if one of them leaves, they're both probably going to leave. To see Aaron Rodgers come back but Devontae Adams now leave um, – it's just confusing because yeah. it kind of goes against everything that I thought was going to happen a lot of us thought was going to happen where they were going to do everything they could to go in, all in for one more year. Now, the good part is, you know, Devontae Adams, I think he's missed six or seven games over the last two or three years in Green Bay, and the Packers are like 7-0 when Devontae Adams hasn't played. Right. Um, so. Are they going to be the same team? No. I mean, Devontae, he's one of the most premier wide receivers in the league. Um, Maybe the premier. With Matt Lafleur's offense, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way to pick up a a rookie first rounder that's able to come in and make a big impact on that team. But it was just, uh, it was was extremely shocking when I saw the news. So
0: the other news that happened over the weekend, actually, I think it happened on Friday. Michigan had their pro day. David Ojabo tears his Achilles um in the drills. He was a projected first round pick somewhere, probably late teens, early twenties. Some had projected him, you know, as high as I think ten. I think that was a bit high. Um he's young, obviously. He's still got a, a lot of potential. I think everybody believes that he will fully recover, but Um, how much do you think it'll affect his draft stock this year?
1: I I mean, it's going to, unfortunately. Um, Now, does that mean he drops
0: out of the first round completely?
1: Does that mean he drops, you know, maybe top 15 to maybe sitting there around 20? Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, remember Jalen Smith years back, uh, stud linebacker for Notre Dame, gets hurt in the bowl game. I mean, he was a projected top 10 pick. I think he ends up going, you know, in the high – second round, like 33-34-ish when Dallas took him, uh, which was uh, obviously a pretty hard fall. But um, no, I think with Ojabo, it's going to affect him just because teams look at it and say, okay, we know he's probably going to miss the whole year. Um, you know, I know last year what was it cam acres Torres yeah. Achilles came back in like five months. I mean, that's pretty unheard of. Yeah. I don't know if that's possible to, to re- repeat. So with the job, a team's going to have to take him and say, okay, we know it's going to be, uh, probably an eight month recovery. You know, let's get this kid in the building. He's going to be a project. Um, but that's ultimately teams that pick in the first round. You want a guy that's going to come in and, uh, produce right away. So mm-hmm. that's probably going to affect him. Um, now, you know, I know a lot of people were pretty disgusted with the video when it came out. You know, he gets hurt and he's laying on he's laying on the field and everybody just kind of picks up the ball and moves the drill <laughs> like with it? the optically, yes. Like yeah. the fact that nobody went over there and tried to console him or hey, what's going on? Big guy like it's it's kind of it's part of the game, but life moves on like yeah. we've all been a part of we've been a part of practices where
0: we all had the drill moved
1: you're sitting there at the 30 yard line and oh our left tackle just blew his acl out you don't have time to stop literally move the ball up 20 yards and let's continue practice guys like we're moving this train's moving and that's just life in the nfl man and it sucks now i don't know if you know the scouts that didn't check on him i don't know if they were told you know hey COVID protocol, blah, 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 just that's try to bullshit. keep distance from the yeah. player. I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to think no, of what, the fact that yeah. nobody went up there to check on him. Um, so, you don't, you don't really know, but that's life, man. That's life in the NFL. Like, guys get hurt. It's like, move the drill. We got to keep going. We're not stopping for anybody. And it's kind of when you think about it, but that's just how it is. And for a job, I mean, yeah, you feel sick for the kid because, um, you know, by – Everything we've heard, I mean, he was he was going to be a first-round kid. Now he still could, maybe for a team at the bottom of the first round um, that has the luxury of taking a kid and kind of sitting him for a year and, you know, maybe a team like, you know, Kansas City, for instance, who, sure, you don't really need a first-round pick to come in and produce to get you over that hump because you're already one of the premier teams. Maybe you could see a team like that snagging him in the late first round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's going to affect it. It's going to affect him. I mean, it just is. Especially if if, they were, if the rumors were true about, you know, teams liking him in the top 10 or teams liking him in the top 12. Yeah, um, They're probably going to have to shift focus to somebody else now. So, um, But, you know, the good part about, uh, you know, these injuries nowadays with the Achilles and with the knees, um, it's not like it was 20 years ago where it just immediately – you know, oh, he's torn Achilles, red, he's red X markup yep. by the name. You know, the the, the way that these uh, surgeries have advanced, I mean, guys get back pretty quick. And you can't look at Cam Akers as an example, guy that came back and, um, you know, didn't seem to miss a beat. So yep. uh, for David Ojabo, he's still going to be a hell of a player, I think, in the NFL. It's just going to, um, you know, cause him a little bit of pain, I think, early in his career. But eventually he'll get over it and probably become a, a really good player. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up I know I, I want a question for you I was thinking about oh. this yesterday and I don't know if you're into the gambling stuff I know it's legal now um, hypothetically speaking though yeah this is just like and I, I, I this is how I kind of bet during college football it's kind of how I played during March madness a little bit I've got a question for you though hypothetically let's just say yeah how much would you pay? Let's you let's use Michigan as an example. Moving on to the Sweet Sixteen, how much would you pay to see your team win? And by that I mean putting yourself in a win-win situation when it comes to Michigan. Right. Let's say Michigan Villanova. Okay, Villanova. I think early line came out at six, maybe five. Okay. How much would you be willing to bet? On Villanova, just so it's not a lose-lose for you, right? I think a lose-lose would be, I want Michigan to win. I'm betting on Michigan. Michigan loses. Not only did Michigan right. lose, but now I'm out 500 bucks. How much would you pay to see your team win? Meaning, how much would you put on Villanova where if Michigan still wins, but
0: it was Villanova worth it because— covers.
1: No, it was still worth it because— you only, you know, maybe it was $500, right? So, the way I'm saying, okay, if, if you bet 500 on Villanova, okay, and Villanova wins, I win the bet. You win, yeah, let's say $500. Okay. Obviously, you're going to have pain of Michigan. I
0: lose the money, but I win because Michigan wins. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Now, if you bet on Villanova and Villanova wins, Michigan losing sucks. It hurts.
0: Yeah. But but at the same time, it kind of
1: eases you because it's, hey, you want to bet. You want $500. You want $1,000, whatever it is. Because I started doing that during the season a little bit. I'm like, let me put some money down on the opponent just in case Michigan loses or just in case, you know, Eastern loses, whoever my team is that I want to win. Yeah. Kind of eases that pain a little bit. How See, much would you pay for your team to win?
0: You'd have to pick a different team because uh my loyalty is not for sale. I would not bet against Michigan in any for any amount of money. I would still be more pissed that Michigan lost than happy that I won five bucks. Well, that's why I'm bucks. asking your price. I, I don't. That, I don't have a price on that. Put it bill. at a hundred grand. A hundred grand. I, I'm still not going to bet against Michigan. <laughs> I, I'm just not. It's, I w- I mean, if I, 100 grand, if I put hundred grand,
1: if I put a hundred grand at Villanova, Michigan won, I would be. You'd be pissed upset if Michigan that I won. No, I'd be yes, I'd be upset. I lost hundred grand. Right. That's why I'm asking what that number is. See, What's the number that would make you okay? Michigan loses, but I got this. But at least I made five grand. Okay, that eases it a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's almost like paying to see your team win, where. If they win, you had to pay the $1,000, but it was worth it. The sweep yeah. 16, oh, they lost. That sucks throughout tournament. You win. But at least way. I got my five grand. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? What's that price? Like, God, it's. I it think it changes for everybody, number. but you'd have to be willing to lose it, too, though. It's got to be worth Ooh, paying. It's got to be worth right. your team winning. See, so that's why you can't sit here and say, oh, 500 grand, right? Like... Michigan winning a Sweet 16 game is not worth
0: 5 right. grand. No, not at all. <laughs> no, but
1: if it, but to win it all, to win it all though. I mean, uh, you're talking different though. See, this like is like last where year Michigan I, football,
0: right? You're in right. that
1: playoff game, how much would you have paid to see them beat Georgia, right? Is it 10 grand? Hey, I'm going to put 10 grand down on Georgia because if Georgia see. wins, I'm winning 10 grand, but if, you know, Michigan ends up winning, hey, I lost 10 grand, but oh my god, Michigan just one, they just be Georgia, they beat the CC, the yeah, right. yeah. there, yeah. yes. So it's a, it's an <sighs> it's interesting he, debate. I've kind of been debating with myself a little bit. Where, what's your number? It's, I've kind of been around that five hundred thousand dollar range. Five hundred thousand? No, no, no. Five hundred to a thousand. Hell no, hell no, <laughs> not for a college basketball. Hell no. <laughs> but for me, it was like, okay, let me put, you know. It, not even that much. I think it was like two or three hundred, right? Let yep. me put two or three hundred on Tennessee to cover. You know that way, if Michigan wins, it's going to suck. But at least, hey, at least I hit a bet. You know, at least I won a little bit of money, kind of, you know, ease the pain a little bit. Um, so that's kind of where my numbers been at um, as the tournament progresses. Like maybe you know Thursday will be a little bit more See, in the Sweet Sixteen. I don't know, but for me, it's just watching your team win. Cancels out that five hundred dollars loss. Like, okay, it was worth right. it. It was worth it to me. The internal five hundred dollars was worth it to me to watch joy. to get that joy of watching Michigan beat Tennessee's ass. You know, like that's just that's how I kind of function. Where you always try to find this win win scenario where it's like, okay, if my team loses, at least
0: I got this. Yeah, you win. If, you win. If my way. team
1: wins, great. I lost through two hundred bucks. Oh well, my team won, and it was Gosh. you know a hell of a game.
0: I've never, I've never thought of that. And here's my apprehension: um, is I don't know enough about betting to really understand what I'm doing. And I know it seems very simple, but like we go to the picks during the the season, right? And you put the line in there. Like I could tell you which team I think is going to win, but all of a sudden you say, "Well, it's it's minus six or it's minus six and a half," and now all of a sudden my it's like my head explodes. (laughs) I'm like wait not wait. good at math. No, well no it's not that. it's like I, you know I mean because there's so many different variables that I start thinking of I'm like well I mean it could be a two point game could be a blowout and then I start thinking to myself, it's like, I'm like, "That's why betting's hard. That's <laughs> yeah, why, why betting's hard. Why it sucks. Uh, it's why there's yeah. Uh, that's why Vegas is uh, the such nice place that it is.
1: Yeah, I don't think sports
0: books are going out, of, out no. of business
1: anytime soon. I don't know.
0: You know what? Let me ponder that for the week. Yeah, get and back I'll, to the I'll next see week. if I can come up with a number. I'm going to have to do some thinking on this as to what it would what what I would be happy about winning. If Michigan would lose. Mm-hmm. Or and, what you would be happy winning or losing to watch Michigan win. can watch Michigan win. win. Yeah. What's that comfort level? Can, th- can both those numbers be different? No, it's got to no, be, be the same bet. It's got to be the same bet. Because obviously
1: you're going to pay more, you know, to see your – right. Well, for you, you would probably pay more to see your team win. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, I, I would. I, you know what? Okay, we'll, we'll. Next week, we'll 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 start with this, and I'll figure out what that number is uh, and how to best answer that question. Uh, also, coming up next week, we're going to have a second wave of free agent signings. Uh, we saw all the big ticket guys go off the board quick and uh, and early in the free agent period in the in the tampering period, Uh, but we'll get a chance to evaluate where the Lions are, where they could best uh, uh, add some talent to their roster, and if they do between now and then, uh, we'll break those down as well. You've been listening to Necessary Roughness with Lang and Jansen.